Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you are enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. And I do want to encourage you to check out our Great Detectives of Old Time Radio t-shirts. We have four different designs of t-shirts, one of which was partially inspired by Mr. Chameleon. You can get our famous investigator t-shirt so that you, like Mr. Chameleon, can be known for that having that status of famous investigator. Just go to t-shirt.greatdetectives.net. Well now, it's time for this week's episode of Mr. Chameleon, the original air date, November 3rd, 1948, and the title is The Case of the Fatal Impersonation. Next, Mr. Chameleon, the man of many faces. Tonight, we again present the famous Mr. Chameleon of Central Headquarters in his most famous cases of crime and murder, brought to you by the makers of genuine Bayer aspirin. Now let me tell you just who Mr. Chameleon is. A college man, he tried from childhood to live up to the name he bore, Chameleon, by taking on the color of whatever situation in which he found himself, appearing in endless guises, finally entering the police force where he became known as Chameleon, the man of many faces, the underworld's most dreaded man. The listener invariably knows who Mr. Chameleon is, no matter which disguise he assumes. But the criminal he's tracking down seldom does. Tonight we give you Mr. Chameleon in The Case of the Fatal Impersonation. A fancy dress ball appeals to the child in all of us. And Betty and Arthur Trenton are no exception. And in the bedroom of their fashionable east side apartment, they are laughing, gay at the prospect of the evening before them, and the joke they intend to play on their friend, Mr. Chameleon. (laughs) Wait till he sees me, Betty. He won't believe his eyes. Can you imagine anything more startling than to see yourself approaching? (laughs) You'll think he's looking in a mirror. Only it won't be a mirror, it'll be me. Oh, Arthur, do you suppose that makeup man will really make you look like Mr. Chameleon? Sure he will. I'm paying him enough. This is a very expensive gag. But it'll be worth it when I walk into John Oliver's fancy dress ball and everyone takes me for Mr. Chameleon. God bless John Oliver for giving a fancy dress ball. Yes, it was very thoughtful of him. What do you mean by that? Well, I didn't mean anything, Arthur, except that it gives us such a wonderful opportunity to play a joke on Mr. Chameleon. He'll love it, too. You bet he will. That's one of Comedian's most endearing qualities, his sense of humor. Mm. (laughs) It really is funny, you know. The great detective who's famous for all his disguises. And I have the nerve to disguise myself as Comedian. Oh, there's the makeup man now. I'll go and let him in. Okay, Betty. Oh, and incidentally, darling, did I ever tell you that I love you very much? I love you very much indeed. Indeed. 
Isn't this a magnificent party? Did you ever see such costumes? John Alden Oliver always gives superb parties. Well, he has a flair for them. Yes. <laughs> Look, isn't that girl beautiful? The one dressed as Madame Dubarry. Oh, I think that's uh, Betty Trenton. I can tell from her gorgeous hair. You know, she's married to Arthur Trenton. And there's Mr. Chameleon. Oh, the famous detective? Why, yes, that attractive man with Betty Trenton. Of course, that's Mr. Chameleon, the detective. Where? Where do you see Mr. Chameleon? Why, right over there. Yeah, that's him, all right. Excuse me. Well, really, the way people push you aside. He's one of the waiters, too. Well, I'd like to get a closer look at Mr. Chameleon. Isn't it strange he didn't come in costume? He used oh! to... Oh! What was that? It was Mr. Chameleon. Something's happened. I saw him fall. Mr. Chameleon! He's stabbed. Oh, good heavens. Someone stabbed Mr. Chameleon in the back. What's the matter? What's going on here? It's Mr. Chameleon, Mr. Oliver. He's been stabbed. What? You mean Mr. Chameleon is dead? No, Mr. Oliver. Mr. Chameleon is not dead. As you can see for yourself, I'm very much alive. Chameleon? I, I don't understand. Someone who impersonated me is dead. And I'm afraid it's my friend, Arthur Trenton. That was a fatal impersonation. Now, Mr. Oliver, tell me all about this. Mr. Chameleon, this is awful. It's like a nightmare. Uh, can we go into a room while we're alone? Yes, surely. Over here. To think that such a thing should happen here in my home at one of my parties. Your fabulous parties, Mr. Oliver. They've always made social history. It looks as though this one would make criminal history, too. The whole thing is senseless. Who would want to kill Arthur Trenton? You mean who would want to kill me, don't you? The killer thought he was murdering Mr. Chameleon, the detective. Mr. Oliver, you were standing quite close to Arthur when he fell, weren't you? Fairly close. Close enough to see who stood beside him, or behind him, since he was stabbed in the back. I... I believe that Betty, his wife, was standing beside him. Who else? Well, didn't you notice anyone else? I'm sorry, Mr. Oliver, this is no time for personal loyalties. Was your cousin Thomas Parker Jr. standing close to Arthur? But, Mr. Chameleon, why on earth would Tom want to kill poor Arthur? I asked you whether Tom Parker was standing close to Arthur. Yes, yes, he was. Behind him? Yes, but what does that prove? Not a thing. I am not accusing anyone of anything, yet. Tom Parker has been living here with you, hasn't he, Mr. Oliver? For over a month. I'm very fond of Tom. He, he's always been more like a younger brother than a cousin. I insisted that Tom move in. Must have been a help to him financially, too. What do you mean? Mr. Chameleon, how do you know that Tom's been having financial difficulties? Pure speculation. Your cousin is a very gay young man. He spends a great deal of money on nightclubs and parties. And unlike you, Mr. Oliver, he can't afford those parties. You're right, but... Mr. Chameleon, don't mention that he's been having money troubles, will you? It, it's something that isn't commonly known. My dear Mr. Oliver, this may surprise you. There are quite a few things about your cousin Tom Parker that aren't commonly known. You're here together, Tom Parker and Betty Trenton. I want you to understand this is a murder investigation. And I want my questions answered. Oh, Mr. Chameleon, don't you think I want my husband's murderer found? Ask any questions you like. I understand that you two are in love. No. No. And that you, Betty, had asked your husband for a divorce. 
just before he was murdered. But, Mr. Chameleon, I thought it was all kept quiet. Who, who, who told you, Mr. Chameleon, that I'd asked my husband Arthur for a divorce so I could marry Tom? Did Arthur tell you? I was his friend, Betty. He was very unhappy for a while. Since I knew how much he loved you, I sensed that you had something to do with it. The moral of that story is, Betty, don't have a detective for a friend. Oh, Tom, please. Mr. Chameleon, will you believe that I finally realized I was still in love with Arthur? And I didn't want a divorce. Had Arthur agreed to give you one? Oh, no. He refused? Yes, he refused, but that doesn't change the fact that Betty also decided she didn't want one. I know it sounds fishy, but it happens to be true, Chameleon. Yes, and I'll tell you something else that sounds fishy. Tom Parker, you seem to have an inexhaustible fund of fishy stories. But like the other thing, it's also true. When Arthur was stabbed to death at that party, I wasn't standing next to him at all. Someone pushed me out of the way. A waiter. A what? A waiter. Y yes, that's right, Mr. Chameleon, one of the waiters. He pushed me aside, too. Could you identify him, Tom? No. Betty? No, I, I, I couldn't identify him, Mr. Chameleon. Neither one of you could identify this waiter, and yet you expect me to believe Mr. that... Mr. Chameleon, can I see you for a minute? Oh, yes, Dave. Come in, please. Uh, Mrs. Trenton, Mr. Parker, Detective Sergeant Arnold. How do you do? How are you doing? Dave, what's on your mind? I've got a present for you, Mr. Chameleon. Look who I found hiding down in the kitchen. Nicholas, my old friend Nicholas. What are you... Um, where did you come from? Where do you think I came from, you dirty cop? From five years in jail, and you're the one that sent me there. Yes, I certainly did. For uh, burglary, if I remember correctly. What are you doing here? Where? Stop stalling, Nicholas. What are you doing here in John Oliver's home? I got a girlfriend, Ingrid. She works here as a maid. I came here to see her tonight. During the fancy dress party? And what are you doing in this rented tuxedo, may I ask? All right, I'll tell you, chameleon. Ingrid got me a job here just for tonight. She got Mr. Oliver to hire me as a waiter. Now at Central Headquarters in the office of the Commissioner of Police, Mr. Chameleon, the famous detective known as the man of many faces, is saying... You see, Commissioner, there was a waiter present at that party, a hardened criminal who hates me. He may even have deliberately wangled that job, knowing I was going to be at the ball. On the other hand, Chameleon, for all their protests, Betty Trenton and Tom Parker might have wanted Arthur Trenton out of the way. So you've got three suspects, Mr. Chameleon. It's just a case of getting the goods on one of them. Very simple, eh, Dave? <clears throat> Only maybe it's not so simple. Tell you the truth, I'm tired. The old brain just won't work. Frankly, I considered it extremely ironical that I should go to Oliver's party in order to relax to get away from the horrible murder of Harry and Lila Weeks, and I should immediately run into a second killing, a completely unrelated commissioner. Who said they were unrelated? What? Mr. Chameleon. The two murder cases may not be unrelated at all. A month ago, as you know, a pair of social climbers, Harry and Lila Weeks, were found brutally murdered in their Park Avenue apartment. Harry and Lila Weeks were involved with an outfit that was stealing negotiable bonds. And they were ready to talk to us. And that is why they were killed. Oh, that's right. But, Chameleon, how would you tie them in with Arthur Trenton's murder? I wouldn't. But I can tie them in with Thomas Parker, Jr. They knew Tom Parker casually, and they'd been guests at John Oliver's fabulous parties. Commissioner, I wonder if the answer to Arthur Trenton's death and the Weeks' murders doesn't lie in John Alden Oliver's palatial home. But why there? Because Tom Parker lives in that house. And so does a maid named Ingrid who has a criminal for a boyfriend. 
The three of them may be linked together. Grand larceny and murder masquerading behind a social front. The way poor Arthur Trenton tried to masquerade as Mr. Chameleon. What do you want to do, Chameleon? Send in Madeline Evans. She's a first-rate operator for that sort of a job. Maybe Oliver will cooperate and hire her as a secretary. He'll be the only one who knows that she's really a detective. Mr. Oliver, we appreciate your cooperating. I'm sure that you'll find Miss Evans very pleasant to have around. I know I shall, Mr. Chameleon. Miss Evans is extremely attractive. I'd never dream you were a detective, Miss Evans. Oh, thank you, Mr. Oliver. I hope I'm a good detective. I'll try to be a good secretary, too, while I'm here. Uh, did you tell your cousin Tom Parker that you were expecting a new secretary? Yes, Mr. Chameleon, and he behaved very strangely. But I can't believe that you're right. I just can't believe that anyone in this house is guilty of criminal activities. However, I promise I'll do everything I can. You have the run of the house, Miss Evans, and... Uh, Mr. Oliver... Uh, Excuse me, but you're wanted on the telephone. Oh, thank you, Ingrid. I'll see you later, Chameleon. Oh, Ingrid, this is Miss Evans, my new secretary. Please take her bags up to the West Room. Yes, sir. Dinner at eight, Miss Evans. Follow me, miss. I'll be up in a minute, Ingrid, and uh, leave that one bag. I could manage it. I was told to take it upstairs. Very well, Ingrid. Ooh, charming disposition. And such a pretty girl, too. You know what I think, Madeline? I think she needs a new boyfriend. Hmm? That hoodlum Nicholas must have been quite a disappointment to her. Mr. Chameleon, maybe it wasn't such a good idea for me to be seen with you. Even though it wasn't you who questioned Ingrid after the murder, she must know you're Mr. Chameleon. doesn't Chameleon. matter, Madeline. doesn't matter? No. Uh, let me finish telling you about Ingrid's new boyfriend, Olaf Larson. He's going to be the delivery man for a fancy grocer around the corner. And after Nicholas, I think Ingrid will find him very refreshing. Mr. Chameleon, do you mean that you're going to pose as this, this Olaf Larson? Well, no, indeed, not pose. Madeline, I will be Olaf Larson. I'll even bleach my hair and my eyebrows and my eyelashes. Also, I shall make myself very much at home here. So, um, wherever you run into me, don't let it surprise you. The more I think of it, Madeline, the less I like leaving you in this house at the mercy of a brutal killer. Mr. Chameleon and the case of the fatal impersonation continues in just a moment. When you have an ordinary headache, fast relief is important, but even more important is gentle, dependable relief. And that's why it will pay you to always use genuine Bayer aspirin, for Bayer aspirin is one thing you can take with complete confidence. No other pain reliever can match Bayer aspirin's record of use by millions of normal people without ill effect. Yes, for the two most important kinds of relief, always use genuine Bayer aspirin. Because it's actually ready to go to work in two seconds, it will bring you the fast relief you want. And because it's reliable... You can take it sure in the knowledge that it will bring you the gentle relief that's important to your health. So whenever you're in pain, don't experiment with drugs that have not stood the test of time. Instead, use something that millions know from experience is completely dependable, genuine Bayer aspirin. When you buy, ask for it by its full name, Bayer aspirin, not just for aspirin alone. Get the 100-tablet bottle and you get Bayer aspirin tablets for less than a penny apiece.
And now back to Mr. Chameleon and the case of the fatal impersonation, the murder of Arthur Trenton, who was stabbed to death at a fancy dress ball at which he impersonated Mr. Chameleon. It is several days later, and in the stately old home of John Alden Oliver, there is a growing feeling of tension. Subtle and ominous, it affects everyone in the house, and even Mr. Chameleon's detective assistant, Madeline Evans, starts nervously as the doorbell rings. Then moves hesitantly to the door. Yes, what can I do for you? Uh, I want to see Miss Hansen, Miss Ingrid Hansen. I am her friend, uh, Olaf Larsen. Oh, well, Mr. Larsen, you'll find her in the kitchen if you'll just go around to the service entrance. Olaf Larsen, you're Mr. Chameleon. Shush, quiet, Madeline. I'm glad to see you too, but let's keep it a secret. Oh, for heaven's sake, come in. I'd, I'd never recognize you in a thousand uh, years. And I am glad to see you. I'm ashamed to admit it, Mr. Chameleon, but I, I'm frightened. Of whom? Well, I don't know. That's the weird part. As Mr. Oliver's secretary, I've had a chance to watch them all. I've discovered absolutely nothing to incriminate anyone. You're still frightened? Yes. Well, Olaf Larsen is frightened, too. Three times I have delivered groceries here. By the second time, little Ingrid, the maid, had marked me for her own. <sighs> oh, well, the hazards of the business, Madeline. You going down to see her now, Mr. Chameleon? Yes, my first social call. Madeline, don't send me around to the service entrance. I'm going through the house. And if I lose my way, that's all right, too. Now, as Mr. Chameleon, disguised as Olaf Larsen, Swedish boyfriend of the maid, wanders through the Oliver Mansion, suddenly he hears... Betty, you shouldn't come here to see me this way. I don't like it. But, Tom, I know that detective, Mr. Chameleon, thinks that we killed my husband, Arthur. I'm sure he does. And I'm positive that Miss Evans, that new secretary of my cousin's, is no more a secretary than you are, Betty. She's a detective, too, in this house snooping around. Tom, wait. Hmm? Who's that in the doorway? What? Who are you? What do you want? Uh, good afternoon. I am Olaf Larsen, hmm? and I'm looking for the maid, Ingrid Hansen. I'm Ingrid Hansen's friend. Well, she isn't I... up here. You'll find her down in the kitchen. What are you doing up in this part of the house, anyway? Well, I am looking for the kitchen. Well, this happens to be the library. Oh, excuse me. I must be lost. I lose myself very easily. And still wandering through the mansion in the disguise as Swedish Olaf Larsen, Mr. Chameleon next hears... All right, Mr. Oliver, but I want you to give me work. I need work. I'm losing my girl to some big Swede named Olaf Larsen, and I gotta have work. Don't shout at me, Nicholas. Just because I got a prison record. It's all a fault of chameleon, that dirty cop. I'd like to kill him. I... Excuse me. Uh, how do I find the kitchen? Huh? Who are you? Uh, well, my name is uh, Olaf Larsen. That's him. That's Ingrid's new boyfriend. Be quiet, Mr. Nicholas. As long as you're in my home, I'll thank you to keep your voice down. Uh, the kitchen young man happens to be downstairs. You'll find the back stairs at the end of this corridor. Ah, thank you. Uh, uh, excuse me for losing my way. It's funny. I, I seem to have no sense of direction. And now at last, Chameleon, disguised as Olaf Larsen, the maid's Swedish boyfriend, reaches her in the kitchen. Such a time as I had finding you, Ingrid. It was terrible that there are so many rooms in this house. Well, as long as you found me, Olaf, it's all right. 
Only I can't let you stay. I'm too busy right now. Well, this is my afternoon off. The grocery store closes on Wednesday afternoon. Come back tonight, about half past nine. We'll be all alone here, Olaf. All alone. Oh, that is fine, Ingrid, fine. And now go, quickly. No. Huh? No, wait, Olaf. Tell me something. Yeah, anything. Anything you want to hear. How did you happen to come in the front way? I mean, who let you in? Well, a very pretty lady let me in, Ingrid. I thought so. Miss Evans. She wouldn't know any better than to let you come through the front. She says she's a secretary, but she isn't. No? No, she's a detective. And I'd like to know what she's doing in this house. Well, goodbye, Olaf. Oh, uh, goodbye, Ingrid. Dave. Oh, here you are, Dave. Mr. Chameleon, if I hadn't seen you down at headquarters in this get-up as a Swedish grocer's boy, you'd certainly catch me on it. <laughs> Find out anything in there? Well, for one thing, Dave, everybody in that house knows Madeline's a detective. Tom Parker, Ingrid, and I suppose that criminal Nicholas told her. Do you think Madeline's life is in danger, Mr. Chameleon? Yes, I certainly do. Unfortunately, Dave, that may be the only way we can get at the truth. I have an inkling of the truth. I've had it for some time, but, um... What did you find out about Tom Parker's private affairs? Went to his bank, which is John Alden Oliver's bank, too. I have another appointment there late this afternoon. Well, I hope you turn up something definite, Mr. Chameleon. Yes, so do I, Dave. This is one of the most baffling cases I've ever tackled. Whoever is involved in it is supremely cautious, except in one particular. Yeah? What's that? This mysterious creature is also given to spells of fear and suspicion. That's what drove the murderer to killing Harry and Lila Weeks, and then Arthur Trenton, thinking it was me. And that's what will also drive the murderer to the attempted killing of Madeline Evans. Madeline shouldn't stay in that house another night. Well, she'll have company this evening, Dave. I have a nine o'clock date with that unpleasant maid, Ingrid, in my disguise as Olaf Larson, and I want you to join me there at ten. But how will you get me into the Oliver home without anybody knowing oh, it? Oh, well, don't worry, Dave. Olaf Larsen, alias Mr. Chameleon, uh, will get you in. Very resourceful fellow, and he'd better be, because murder will be stalking that house tonight. It's only ten o'clock, Ingrid. As I was saying, <clears throat> I went to sea in the early part of October. Oh, Olaf, I... for heaven's sake, so you're going to talk all evening? That's all you've done for an hour. Talk, talk, talk. Well, what else is there to do? <sighs> There's the front doorbell. I'll be right back. Just keep right on talking to yourself, Olaf. Okay, Dave, come on in. Quick work. I rang the front doorbell and ran around here to the back, Mr. Chameleon. Is Ingrid in the front answering that bell? Yes, but she won't be for long. Hide in there in the pantry, and after I've talked my way out of here and Ingrid has gone to bed, then you let me in, and we'll both of us go up to Madeline's room together. Right, Mr. Chameleon. Quick, here comes Ingrid back again. Well, that was funny, Olaf. There was nobody at the door when I got there. Uh, well, uh, sit down, Ingrid, and I will start to tell you again of my experiences. Olaf, I don't uh, like it. Who rang that front doorbell? Too many queer things are happening in this house. You better go home, Olaf. Huh. 
is it? Let us in, Madeline. Oh, Mr. Chameleon, Dave, I was afraid you wouldn't come. It's ridiculous to be this jittery. I am so ashamed of myself. Well, you needn't be, Madeline. I have been just as jittery in my day. Anything new? No, Dave. Except that Nicholas, that waiter, followed me this afternoon. And Ingrid has been watching me, and oh. so has Tom Parker. He's in a terrible state of nerves. Madeline, get in that closet and half-close the door. Dave, you go in there with her. Switch off the lights. Okay. You really think they're coming after me tonight, Nicholas? I'm sure of it, Madeline. That's the killer's one weakness. He jumps too soon. Well, go ahead, Madeline, Dave, and stay in that closet until I call you, even if we have to wait half the night. But what are you going to do, Mr. Chameleon? Me? I'm going to be here in the bed with a spread over me. I'm a good deal longer than Madeline, but with the lights out, I'll... What was that? Someone's at the door, Dave. Get in that closet with Madeline while I get into the bed. Miss Evans. Too bad, Miss Evans, that you have to go like all the rest of them. Only it's not Miss Evans. Give me that knife. Dave, turn on the lights. Let me go. Some mistake. I... uh, Mr. Chameleon. Yes, I'm Chameleon. And there is no mistake, Mr. Oliver. You are the man I'm after. Mr. Oliver? What? Yes, John Alden Oliver. My final checkup at the bank this afternoon convinced me. You were up to your ears in debt. You have dissipated your whole fortune... Much of it spent on your lavish parties. And what does that prove, Comedian? It proved you had a good reason for getting mixed up with those crooks who stole negotiable securities. Securities belonging to your friends, Oliver. Your friends to whom you were a great social figure. I can explain anything. Oh, can you really? Can you explain this knife, which I just took out of your hand, Oliver, the murder weapon you used on the Weeks and on Arthur Trenton, that you were about to use on me, thinking I was Madeline Evans? You mean this girl, Madeline Evans, was just bait? Yes, she was willing. It's her job. And from the very beginning, I suspected it was you. That's why I let you know that Madeline was a detective. That's why it didn't matter whether the others found out or not. The important one knew. And knew from the start. Yes, Madeline was bait. And you, Oliver, you certainly rose to that bait with a vengeance. Mr. Chameleon, I know you think I'm a useless heel, but, well, this has taught me a lesson. Well, Tom, I hope so. All your cousin's trouble seemed to stem from the fact that his fortune dwindled and he kept on living like a king. And you were doing a good job of following in his footsteps. That's changed now. I'm taking a job out west. As for Betty, well, believe it or not, Mr. Chameleon, she was in love with poor Arthur right to the end. Yes, I do believe it. And I want to declare her, too. The innocent must be protected, and the guilty must be punished. It's amazing the way that motto of mine can be made to work. You know, it's strange. Oliver murdered Arthur Trenton because he thought he was I, Chameleon. Oliver feared that I had some evidence against him. I didn't. Not at all. At that time, I never dreamed that Oliver was my man. But by killing Arthur Trenton, he did the one thing... That put me on his track. And 
And with these words, Mr. Chameleon concludes tonight's murder case. Next time an ordinary headache threatens to spoil your plans, get fast relief by taking Bayer Aspirin. You'll be amazed at how quickly Bayer Aspirin works. And the reason is that it starts to disintegrate within two seconds after you take it. To see for yourself that this is true, just drop a Bayer Aspirin tablet in a glass of water and watch what happens. Before it reaches the bottom of the glass, it will begin to disintegrate. It does the same in your stomach, hence brings relief with astonishing speed. Yes, and Bayer Aspirin is dependable too. Its record of use by millions of normal people without ill effect is a record no other pain reliever can match. When you buy, ask for it by name, Bayer Aspirin, not just for aspirin alone. Get the 100-tablet bottle and you get Bayer Aspirin tablets for less than a penny apiece. Listen next Wednesday night at this same time for Mr. Chameleon, the man of many faces, in The Case of Murder and the Sleeping Men. The part of Mr. Chameleon is played by Carl Swenson with dialogue by Marie Balmer from the original story by Frank and Ann Hummert. Music directed by Victor Arden. Your announcer is Howard Claney. Your special attention, please. For a limited time only, your druggist is featuring a money-saving bargain which includes a large size tube of new lion's toothpaste and a superb quality tech toothbrush. The list price for both is 79 cents. But if you act immediately, you can get both for only 59 cents. So tonight, tomorrow, sure. Get two of the finest products for cleaning and brightening teeth. Lion's toothpaste and a tech toothbrush in a special combination that gives you a 79 cent value for only 59 cents. Listen for Mr. Chameleon in The Case of Murder and the Sleeping Men next Wednesday night at this time. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back. I wonder what a Mr. Chameleon costume would look like. I guess if you dress for Halloween, uh, that's a costume idea. You could just wear the famous investigator t-shirt and pair it with something appropriate and call it a Mr. Chameleon costume. But before I get a complaint from Spirit Halloween stores for unfair competition, uh, let's move along. It was hilarious that the narrator kept having to remind us that the character Mr. Chameleon was playing was Swedish. I mean, was there anyone out there in the audience that would think that, oh, yeah, that, that accent kind of sounds French. Now, of course, Carl Swenson was Swedish-American, and his most famous character was Mr. Hansen from Little House on the Prairie, who was also Swedish. Now, I've mentioned before that Swenson was 
very much in demand for his ability to master dialect. He could switch mid-sentence from one dialect to another. So again, really kind of playing to his strengths. All right, well, listener comments and feedback. And we have a couple of comments on YouTube, and a listener writes, Maybe I'm taking this too seriously, but I just don't get Mr. Chameleon at all. He's perplexing, not interesting. I came to this podcast about 10 months ago. I guess you were in the middle of a chameleon run at the time. I get a kick out of the opening where he says the audience almost always knows. Sorry, I don't have the foggiest. His name is Chameleon. He's a chameleon, so he's an insect. Is he supernatural? Maybe a shadow ripoff. Radio has its limitation. He's a master of disguises, and to my knowledge, I don't know what he's disguised as half the time. TV would be a better medium for this show, maybe. Okay, thanks so much for the comment. I I will say, and this is one of the things I don't like about how the episodes have come to us, but, you know, we're, we're working with it, is what we were playing when you came on were later episodes, and I will agree that in the later episodes, it's a bit hard to figure out sometimes why he's even bothering with a disguise. It just feels obligatory. But in these earlier episodes, there are reasons so that he can go undercover, as in today's episode. And I think that the reason the audience knows... Uh, who he is disguised as, is he will actually try out the disguise. He'll say, yeah, I'm going to dress up as this guy, Hanson, and this is kind of what he's like. And in most cases, he generally will kind of practice the voice. But in this case, it really wasn't necessary, given that it was a very obvious and distinct Swedish accent. Plus, you had the narrator reminding us three times in case we forgot. So at this point, we're at the point in the series where the disguise is relevant to actually solving and investigating the murder. In this case, so that he can move around more or less uh, unobstructed. As to Mr. Chameleon working better on TV, I couldn't disagree more. Particularly if you're talking about late 1940s, early 1950s live TV. It would not work well at all. And the strength of Chameleon is Swenson's uh, flexibility and his ability to uh, become these different characters. And he's able to make that transformation instantaneously through the power of his voice. So I hope that helps. All right, well, then we have a comment from Chicago Girl. The narrator at the start of this story is the narrator of The Whistler. Um, I don't believe so. The host of The Whistler throughout most of its run was Bill Foreman, who was a Hollywood radio mainstay, as were those who substituted for him. And, of course, The Whistler was primarily a West Coast program, although there was a national run, which also originated from the West Coast. A couple of times the series was aired nationally as opposed to just on the West Coast. And then there was a Chicago run for, I think it was just a summer, and they used Chicago actors. But there was no New York run, and uh, Mr. Chameleon originated from New York. Then uh, Kathleen says, uh, 
excellent episode regarding the May and December murder case. Mr. Chameleon is always fun. And Betsy says, thank you so much. Well, thank you and I appreciate your comments and questions. Now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. And I want to go ahead and thank Jeff. Jeff has been one of our Patreon supporters since July of 2020. Currently supporting the podcast at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Jeff. And that will do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. And if you are enjoying the podcast on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode of Mr. Chameleon. But join us back here tomorrow for the conclusion of the Silver Blue Matter where... Look, if they did pull that robbery, where do you suppose they take the furs? I don't know. Does Eddie have a car? No, but some of the other boys do. Uh-huh. Carlo, would you mind if I look through Eddie's room? No, I don't mind. It doesn't matter. I guess nothing much matters now. It's gone so far that... Wait. It's Eddie. He has his own key. All right. Take it easy now. Be careful, Johnny. Sis, you're gonna have... What the devil are you doing here? Looking for you, Eddie. Yeah? What for? I think you know. Eddie... Eddie, you've got to give yourself up. Before. Shut up. Because I got you to thank for this jam. This insurance dick comes around, romances you up a little, and you sell me right down the river. That's not true. How'd you know you were in a jam, Eddie? I got friends in this neighborhood. They keep me posted. Did the same friends tell you Red Weller was about to make a deal to talk? You're whistling in the dark, Dollar. Maybe. I imagine Garcia will find out, though, when he gets you down to headquarters. Get your hand off that phone. Oh, so you've got a gun. Eddie. Eddie, don't. Please. Keep out of this. Move back against that wall, Dollar. Put your hands flat against that wall. You're keeping there. Give me some clothes, Carla. Come on, make it fast. What are you going to do, Eddie? I said give me some clothes. All right, Eddie. You're wrong, though. You're making a big mistake, Eddie. It's no use running. You'll only... Eddie. What's the matter? Down there in the street. A police car just pulled up. You're lying. There we are, Dollar. I'll kill you, Carla. You're the one that brought him here. Trying to let him trap me. I think I'll pull a bullet on you before I leave. You'll fire one shot and you won't have a chance. They'll be in here. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.